What's up, guys and girls? It is me, Jimmy, and it is officially Monday, October 5th, 2020. And yes, 2020 still sucks absolute ass, right? <laughs> and I apologize for the poor reference or lack of a better phrase. I apologize for the cussing. When I posted a poll on Facebook and Instagram, a lot of you voted for me to stop cussing because it's just not professional. But you know, when you work at the fire department, when you grew up in a locker room around athletes your entire life, hey, cussing's part of it. So welcome to reality, guys and girls. People cuss, and they do slip at times. I know you've let a few cuss words slip yourself, so stop acting like you're perfect because we're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world. Controversial topic to start. <laughs> but what I want to talk to you about today I hope is not controversial. If anything, I hope it's educational. Uh, especially if you are a CrossFit athlete, if you're somebody looking to compete. And I'm just going to go ahead and branch out on a limb here and assume that if you're still listening to this episode right now, or if you even clicked this episode to begin with, that you are an athlete, you are a CrossFit athlete, excuse me, you currently do CrossFit or you are somebody that has done CrossFit. Otherwise, I'm, I'm sure you're probably confused. You're wondering what I'm about to talk about. You're probably exiting out of this right now because all CrossFit guys and girls are super douches, right? The super douches of the world. All they do is post-workout videos, take pictures of themselves, eat healthy, go on keto diets, and just act, you know, wear Lululemons, wear stretch bands, wear sweat bands, wear all these other kinds of crazy bands, and do all these other kinds of crazy things. You just hate them. <laughs> so if you're one of those people, you probably want to exit out now, but if not, gear up, buckle up, because here we go. And I want to talk to you about something that's near and dear to my heart, that being CrossFit. And I was about to say something that is near and dear to my heart being CrossFit competition, but the word competition as a part of CrossFit is no longer something that's of passion to me. It's something that I'm actually trying to distance from myself because we're going to talk about it a little bit later. I don't want to give you too much of a flash forward. I don't want to give you too many details just yet, but I do want to say that Stepping away from the competition side of CrossFit was the best decision that I ever made, more so for my mental health, because there are a lot of toxic things that I built up in my mind from competing in CrossFit that I'm sure a lot of you are going to be able to relate to when I talk about this a little bit later. Uh, but first and foremost, you know, when it comes to any type of information that you're about to soak up like a sponge from somebody that's talking to you, What's allowing you to be able to listen and to comprehend and to actually be interested in what somebody's saying is the more relatable they are, right? If I wasn't a CrossFit athlete, you wouldn't want to listen to me. If I hadn't done CrossFit for a long time, you wouldn't listen to me. If I hadn't been a coach for over seven years now, you wouldn't listen to me. I feel a big part of this and being able to talk to you is an amount of credibility. And I do have a lot of credibility and a lot of familiarity in the CrossFit community. I'm not a games level athlete. I was never a regional athlete. I was close, but I guarantee you, and this is not a humble brag or a super douche moment in the CrossFit community, you probably have heard of me or you probably know who I am just because I'm a very vocal individual. I'm a very passionate individual and I'm very passionate about CrossFit. I was passionate about the competition side, but I'm going to tell you why I'm passionate about helping you and educating you from making the same mistakes that I did that caused me to burn out on competition because I don't want you to go through those same experiences. So I feel credible, one. But two, things used to be very different back then competing in CrossFit compared to how things look now moving forward. So I can give you both versions because I competed in the past. I competed recently up until I stopped competing, I would say probably 
maybe end of 2018, early 2019. I can't even remember uh, when they officially announced regionals were going to be over. That's when I said, eh, I think I'm done. So I hope you listen. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion. But if anything, I hope you gain some value from this. And if you do gain some value from this, if you like this episode, if you enjoy it, uh, make sure to post this on your show, social media, share it with your friends. Let's get the good word out there. And I just want this to be a means for you to just to be a better you. And that's what this channel is about in general. This channel is not about CrossFit. This channel is about helping you enhance your mindset and to work on issues that encompass mental health and how I used to be was not how I currently am. And I'm thankful for that. And I want to tell you how to avoid that. So that way you can continue to enjoy your CrossFit experience moving forward. So before we get to the meat and potatoes of today's episode, guys and girls, I want to give you a little bit of a backstory, just kind of how I found CrossFit. Uh, it's not going to be long. It's going to be very quick. It's going to be very brief, but we all got our start somewhere, right? Uh, you know, we heard something from a friend, we got referred by a friend, you know, saw something on ESPN or on YouTube. Um, I fell into the category of chasing down the rabbit hole too many times to, to eventually finding a video on Rich Froning, which is what initially hooked me to CrossFit. Uh, but flashing back even way before that point of time, uh, played football at the University of Arkansas. Some stuff came up there. I uh, won't get into that on air, but off air, if you'd like to know, feel free to ask and I'd be more than happy to tell you. Transferred to SFA uh, because I was still passionate about playing football and they told me, hey man, come suit up for game one, week one versus SMU and we're going to get you rocking and rolling uh, on our offense because I was the running back at the time uh, for week two. You're going to be one of our starters headed into week two. Uh, so I said, you know, this is too good to be true. I don't have to sit out eligibility wise for a year. No transfer portal bullshit like there is nowadays. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Plus, I had friends down there at NAC who played on the baseball team. So it was kind of a win-win. So I wasn't going to unknown territory. It was close to home in Texas, only about three hours away from Dallas where I live. So, you know, it's kind of perfect. Let's go do it. So I did it. Uh, suited up for week one versus SMU. Uh, a couple days later, played on special teams because I didn't know the offense yet. Uh, week two rolls around. And all of a sudden the head coach comes up to me and is like, Hey man, you know, we, we talked about it and we don't think it's really going to be fair uh, for you to come in here and to be able to be our starter on week two, because we have three other guys who have been here a little bit longer than you have. And I'll be honest, I was a little perplexed and more so pissed off at the moment of time. I didn't lash out. I wasn't angry. I just kind of said, yes, sir. I understand. But it, in my mind, I was thinking like, what the fuck? <laughs> what in the absolute fuck? And pardon my French, again, I apologize. I'm just getting a little heated up thinking about it now because I was way in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on the phone with you. You tell me all of these things. You promise things to me over the phone. Get me to go through all the hassle to transfer credits and do all my transfer paperwork to come to SFA, re-enroll in SFA, sign up for a degree program, jump through absolute hula hoop after hula hoop to make this switch for you on a whim. And you just kind of bend me over backwards. So, you know, that's obviously, obviously I didn't say that to his face, uh, but basically what long story short, it ended up in me just basically giving the, the silent middle finger of the bird uh, just because I'm not playing for a coach like that who lies to me. It's a bad way to start a relationship and I don't want to play for a coach like that. You shouldn't want to play for somebody or work for somebody who lies to your face. So, I didn't. And especially coming from an SEC school to the freaking Southland Conference. I mean, are you shitting me? 
the shitty Southland Conference. <laughs> but anyway, I turned in my cleats, I hung up the jersey, and that was the end of my football career. That point in time right there I was done. Uh, but unfortunately for me, I had two more years left to finish out my bachelor's degree in the shitty Nacogdoches. And I say the shitty Nacogdoches because it is exactly that. And the one thing that I obtained from Nacogdoches, aside from my bachelor's degree, is to how to become a professional alcoholic. <laughs> because there is literally nothing to do out in Nacogdoches, Texas, aside from just rage your balls off. That's the only thing that's really out there to do in Nacogdoches. Uh, you grew up in the city where there's a lot of things to do to go to the country where there's absolutely a whole lot of nothing to do. And there's a whole lot of uneducated people out there in the sticks. Uh, but <laughs> sorry to categorize, but it's true. So I knew I was stuck. I went through all this process and I talked to my parents, you know, was like, okay, I'm, what am I doing here? But decided to duke it out. And I still had that competitive desire you know, you're an, if, if you're listening to this, I guarantee you're an athlete, a current athlete or a former athlete. When something's stripped away from you, it doesn't feel right to do nothing, right? You still have that competitive edge within you. You still have the desire to compete because it just excites you. And I still had that excitement because it was still fresh to me. And, and you know, not doing anything now was completely unknown territory for me. Uh, fortunately for one of my friends that I met in business class before I switched my majors to kinesiology, uh, he actually did CrossFit and he said like, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing this? And I looked into it, uh, like I alluded to a little bit earlier, when you hop on YouTube, you kind of chase a rabbit hole down the rabbit hole sometimes, right? You see one video, Ooh, this one next looks cool. I'm going to watch that leads you to another one, to another one, to another one. And that's what it did to me to eventually uh, where I got to the rich Froning documentary. I forget what it was called. I'll have to go back and look at it to confirm, but Basically, I saw that and I was hooked. I was like, man, not only is this guy cool and he's super really good at CrossFit, but this whole CrossFit thing looks awesome. And, you know, I already had worked out a lot, lifted a lot of weights through my time being in a football weight room. But a lot of the things that I saw, I'd, I've never done. Uh, believe it or not, one of those was power clean and snatch. You know, nowadays in a football weight room, they're cleaning and snatching all over the place. Like that's a, that's a very common theme in a uh, strength and conditioning program. But believe it or not, in ours, that was a very minimal component. I had very little background or knowledge about that. I was like, this looks freaking awesome. Especially when I saw people get up on the rings and do muscle ups. I was like, that is freaking cool. I want to do that. Uh, but right around this time, when I found CrossFit, it was right around the spring break time. Uh, I think that's right around February or March, I want to say. I can't even remember. But I didn't have the money. I was a broke college kid. You know, mom and dad were fortunate enough to be able to pay my bills and rent and everything too. I know privileged white kid, right? Uh, but <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to be controversial. I just, that, that slipped. Uh, but, but anyway, so I didn't have the money at the time and I didn't want to ask my parents for another 150, 200 bucks a month, whatever it was to be able to compete and cross it. Cause they, they would have given me the middle bird, uh, the uh, middle bird, the silent bird, just like I gave my football coach at SFA. Uh, so, Time-wise, it kind of worked out perfectly. I got home. I was like, hey, mom and dad. I was like, I, I searched a CrossFit affiliate that's really close to home. And I'm going to go over there, see what, the, see what it costs. I'd like to try it out and give it a whirl. They're like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? You're home for a month for spring break. Uh, don't have a lot going on. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely fund you the money depending on what it costs. So 
for those of you that don't know, listening to this, my parents, they literally live two streets over from Omega CrossFit. And that's not an exaggeration. I could literally hop the fence out of the back door uh, where that super douche is across the street that complains on us all the time for noise. Just the other side to the right, that's where my parents live. <laughs> so when I searched CrossFit near me, that is the first one that popped up, Omega CrossFit. And as some of you remember, when there was only one CrossFit Games open, it was right around February or March. And I came into the gym not knowing it was the open or what the fuck the open was. And I saw all these people. I was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't, <laughs> it was like mid afternoon. I think it was like four 30 or five 30. Uh, when, you know, most people would do their Friday night lights or some type of event. I walked in ready to work out cause I didn't know class times or anything like that. Walked in and I see all these people I'm like, what's going on? like, this looks freaking cool. What are they doing? I didn't know that every class is like this. And I uh, met Eric Hughes. Eric Hughes at the time was the owner of Omega. And he's like, hey, man, uh, this is the open. I don't know if you know anything about it. You can go online, learn a little bit more about it, but feel free to stick around tonight and watch. And I did. And I was hooked uh, to a point where I just said, hey, man, how do I sign up for it? He's like, really? <laughs> it's like, you want to sign up for the open right now? Have you ever done CrossFit before? I was like, uh, no, but I have an athletic background. I want to try it. So he's like, okay, you know, here, here's the website. You can go sign up. I think it was 25 bucks at the time. I think it still is that or something like that. Uh, so I went online, I signed up for 25 bucks and that was my welcome to CrossFit. That was my welcome to CrossFit. I signed up for the open. My very first CrossFit workout was an open workout and it just absolutely crushed me. I showed up to the next week of Friday night lights. Uh, it was the power snatch workout. Uh, with the jumping burpees, burpee to target. So it was like ascending snatches and burpees. So it was, I think it was like, uh, it started at 75, 40 jumping burpees, uh, 95, 30 or 40 jumping burpees. I can't even remember all the way up to like some crazy high number. And I got my freaking butt whooped. <laughs> I got my freaking butt whooped and you would laugh. I could hardly snatch 75 pounds. I could hardly freaking snatch 75 pounds from the ground. And I was a 230 pound guy because I still had all that football weight. I was a strong freaking dude at 230 and I had worked out my whole life and I could barely lift up a 75 pound barbell on the snatch because I had no concept of technique. I was just ripping it off the ground with my arms <laughs> and I burn out so fast, especially after my first round of burpees that I was just roasted. To a point where my second round, this is the funny part, the, my second round of snatches, I started doing hang snatches. I picked the bar up the ground. I would start from the hang and literally muscle it up overhead. And my judge, I think it was Shane at the time, shout out Shane if you're listening to this, was just giving me the funniest freaking look ever. Just laughing at me while I'm doing reps. I'm thinking this guy is just, you know, you know, he's encouraging me. He's pushing me. He's challenging me. But now I realize he's just laughing at me because I just look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm hang snatching this weight, muscling it up overhead, not using my legs at all, not dropping under it, just looking like an idiot. And I got like a horrible score. I think I got maybe two reps into 135 and I was grunting and screaming at the top of my lungs to put 135 over my head. <laughs> so that was my introduction to CrossFit. <laughs> so, 
you know, flashing forward about three years, 2015 rolls around and I graduate college uh, with my bachelor's degree in kinesiology and exercise science. Uh, for those of you who don't know, now you know, kinesiology, you're kind of limited on what you can do as far as a scope of practice when it comes to a profession, uh, neither of which I wanted to do. I did not want to be a physical therapist and I did not want to coach kids uh, being on sports teams. I had no desire to do that whatsoever. <laughs> but I did have a desire to look into the fire service, uh, which is what I'm doing now. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, or military. But at that moment in time, I was still kind of in limbo. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Couldn't pull the trigger on anything quite yet. Uh, but ironically, at that moment in time, when I came home, moved all my things home from school, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, Eric had approached me. And again, Eric was the owner of the gym at Omega at this moment in time and said, hey, come be my head coach at the gym. You know, you have your level one. You've been here for a couple of years now. You know the people. The people respect you. The people like you. Come be my head coach because I want you to be. And it was kind of like a no-brainer at that point in time, right? It was a broke college kid, had no money to my name. Uh, had no concept of being self-sufficient whatsoever. And finally had a means to be able to do that and make some money and work out all the time. So I was like, you bet your ass. <laughs> I'm 100% going to take advantage of that opportunity. So I did. But bumping it back to what I said about training three to four times per day, I got super fit, super fast. I mean, <laughs> lightning fast. I didn't abuse PEDs. I didn't do supplementation like a lot of you bastards I competed alongside did. A lot of you probably still do. And shout out to you. You're the real MVP. Thanks for taking away and sucking the fun away for everybody else just so you can be selfish and win some cash. And CrossFit's really going to get you far in life. I'm, I'm shaking my head while I'm saying that. But, but anyway, I was able to look as good as I did aesthetically. And I was able to perform as well as I did physically in 2016 and on because of the sacrifices that I had made. But what I want to say is that when mom and dad used to talk to you all the time when you were younger and used to tell you that you're going to see things a little bit differently when you're older and a little bit more mature and you always rolled your eyes, mom and dad are full of shit, mom and dad don't know what they're talking about. What mom and dad said and mom and dad told me in the past all of a sudden resonated and hit home now that I'm a little bit older and more mature than I used to be in 2016. And I had that holy shit moment of like, wow, maybe mom and dad weren't so full of shit. But that holy shit moment allowed me to take the blinders off. Because when I was so sucked in in 2016 to competing, 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 that's all I focused on. And think about what that means for you in your life. Aside from CrossFit competition, when you're so zoned in and locked in on something and you have your blinders on, you miss everything else around you. And that, my friends, is the meat and potatoes of our conversation today is that when you're so sucked in and dialed into something, and for that something, for all of us listening to this still to this point is CrossFit competition, you lose sight of the big picture. You lose sight of everything else around you. You lose sight of the fun that you have performing these workouts and the reason that you started CrossFit in the first place. And I want to make sure that you don't lose that fun. I want to make sure that you don't lose that fun that not only myself, but my good friends and colleagues who used to compete alongside me had lost, who no longer compete anymore for this reason. I want to keep the spirit of competition alive. I want to keep the spirit of competition within you. I want you to enjoy the process. I want you to make this fun because it is fun. And I don't want you to experience the burnout and the anguish and the suffering and just the frustration 
that not only myself, but all the other competitors that have competed in the past had experienced. And that's what this episode is for. So I hope you take the time to listen on. I'm going to try to make it short. I'm not going to try to talk around in circles. I'm going to get directly to the point because I want to help you. I'm passionate about you and I want you to love what you do. But what I want to say to start is I'm strictly talking to the competitive athletes. So if you're somebody that does CrossFit because you love it, you're passionate about it, or you just do it because it makes you look better aesthetically, this isn't really so pertaining to you. However, I would encourage you to listen because it's educational, it's informative, and there's a lot of competitive athletes at your gym. But what I want to do is I want to categorize two different types of athletes. Category one is your new athletes, and I'm going to categorize new athletes as people who have competed in competitions, whether it be local or out of state within the past one to three years. You just started competing within the past one to three years. And then what I want to do is I want to categorize type two being your older athletes like myself, the guys and girls who have been competing for five, six, seven, eight plus years, so on and so forth. And if you're an older competitor like myself, I'm sure while I'm talking, you're going to be shaking your head and nodding your head and agreeing with a lot of what I'm saying. And I'm sure for a lot of you, it's probably going to be the reason why you stopped exactly like I did. And I would love to get your feedback on this episode if you want to shoot me a message and let me know what you thought. Even if you're a new athlete, I'd love to get your feedback on this as well. But this is my opinion as well, guys and girls. This is what I think. This doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's wrong. It's somewhere in between. So take it for what you will. I'm just going to give you the real-world experience from a real guy with real thoughts, with real feelings, with real emotions, having gone through this from the beginning to where it is now. So for you newer athletes, I would say you have it a little bit easier than most of us did back then. And I mean, how many times have you heard that from an old fart? Like, oh, I, things how, how they used to be are a lot harder than you little millennials. I promise I'm not trying to talk down to you here. But from a competitive standpoint, you have it a lot easier because you don't have regionals looming over your head. You have sanctionals to compete for, but let's be honest, you're not going to make it to them. And I know that like super douche, like, oh my God, like, uh, you're so rude, you're so mean, or, you know, you're super condescending. That's, that's not right. But let's be honest here. If you have games athletes that this is their full-time job, they train day in and day out for this. They made the choice and conscious decision to sacrifice their lifestyle, to focus on their training and their training only. And they can't make it to the games because they didn't finish first place on the podium. Do you really think you're going to make it? So what does that allow you to do? It takes a lot of stress off of your plate because there's no stepping stone to get to the games now like regionals was back then. You get, just to, you get to focus on the fun of CrossFit. You get to focus on the purpose of CrossFit. You get to throw down with your friends and enjoy the process, and that's what it's all about. I wish I would have been in your shoes. I wish I would have began CrossFit when you did because you were not plagued like the rest of us. And what makes you different than the rest of us who had competed before you is we had regionals looming over our heads and you did not. The love of the sport has diminished in us when we know it's a passion within you. And I want you to keep that. But I want to educate you and tell you why a lot of people like myself have stopped competing and why a lot of us have burnout, why a lot of us have no more energy, why a lot of us are just doing this for fun now because we still enjoy it for what it is. 
Regionals. One word. Regionals. And cutting right to the chase, getting right to the point. The toxicity surrounding CrossFit being regionals that loomed over everybody's head caused burnout. And people burn out. Why? The why is because of the constant monotony. The why is because of the constant redundancy. And the why is because of the constant feeling of inadequacy and wondering what your competition is doing and how to get a leg up on your competition at all times, at every point of every minute, of every hour, of every day. Excuse me. It was stressful. There was so much anxiety surrounding regionals. You had to make drastic lifestyle changes. Things that a lot of people were not accustomed to before, myself included, where now you have to track how much you're sleeping. Now you have to worry about your nutrition, what you're putting into your body, and when. Now you have to go to a chiropractor to get adjusted because your body's banged up. Now you have to go to cryotherapy before your next session so you can survive your next session. Now you have to talk with your coach for 45 minutes per day to see what times he wants you to get and what scores you need to get and how he wants to track your progression. One thing after another, after another, after another, after another. It adds up. And for a lot of us, it added up to a point where we just fucking exploded. And think about this too. If you're a former competitor, you're trying to go to regionals, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I can laugh about it. I'm sure you'll laugh about it looking back on it now. Think about all those weeks, all those months, and year-long preparation that goes into week one, workout one for the Open. Just the first workout. Think about all the sacrifices you made. All the hard training, all the hard work, and you're hoping it pays off. Think about week one, workout one. You're standing there in front of your home gym. Everybody's there cheering you on. They're excited to watch one of their best athletes compete at the gym. Clock counts down from 10, 9, 8, 7. And you're just sitting there shitting your fucking pants, feeling like there's a target on your back. (laughs) Instead of just treating it like a casual workout, I'm just here to have some fun, man. No, I'm just here for business. I'm here to fucking qualify to go to regionals. Instead of being excited, you're stressed and your anxiety levels are through the roof. And you just feel constant pressure on you through week one, through week two, through week three, through week four, ending with week five. And if you don't know, now you know about regionals. There's five weeks of workouts, one workout per week. And literally back then, because of how competitive it was, if you had one bad workout, you're done. Finito, no mas, regionals, no good for you. You'll have to wait till next year. That feeling when you shit the bed and have one of the worst workouts and know that you're not going to be able to recover or you redo it three to four times and still don't get the score that you need to be able to set yourself up for success is the worst feeling in the world. After all the sacrifice and all the time that you put into it, knowing that you do not have any physical control because you're so beat up emotionally and physically is the worst feeling in the world. And doing that time after time after time after time again, it's putting so much stress on your mind and it's putting so much stress on your body. People can only take so much stress. People can only take so much anxiety. And as I just said earlier, it just gets to a point where they explode. It was toxic. Absolutely toxic. And talk about detrimental to your mental health. My God. But was even more toxic 
And a lot of you don't know this, but now you know, and I want to shed a little bit light, more light on the situation where more light needs to be shed. Aside from the toxicity that you deal with when it comes to mental health and the stress of doing that workout, the environment of CrossFit in general surrounding regionals was toxic. The environment. And CrossFit has been a brand that's prided themselves on the community, but the community for such a long time was an issue when it came to regionals. Some affiliate owners would not let you come work out at their gym because they were afraid that you were going to see their programming. Some affiliate owners would not let you come to their gym and work out with them because they did not want you conversing with their athletes. Some people did not want you to come to their gym because they know that you would beat their athletes. I remember distinctly traveling, traveling to an affiliate, I'm not going to list a name, where I saw somebody from an outside affiliate come in being judged by an affiliate member who was a credentialed judge that went through the CrossFit training course for the Open, who was purposely no-repping that athlete while somebody else next to them who was doing worse reps was getting credit for those reps because that individual was not a part of their gym. Shady shit. Stupid shit. Affiliate owners and some people in some people's communities, I don't want to generalize everybody as a whole, but some people were doing it the wrong way. Some people were screwing other people purposely. And that's what I meant by toxicity. Because that's not right. That's fucked up. That is absolutely fucked up. People were trying to put their affiliate names on the map, trying to say that I have a regional athlete or I have a regional team or I have a, re I have a games athlete, I have a games team to boost their image, to help them boost their memberships. How messed up is that? And what's even more messed up is how people used to cheat and fabricate scores in the open. When people realized that their bodies were too banged up or they weren't going to get the score that they wanted after all their retries that they had done, they knew they had to fabricate a score to stay competitive on the leaderboard, so they did. And I can count at least five people on my hand who are colleagues of mine who cheated, who fabricated scores, who went to regionals, got a ticket to regionals, and competed. How fair is that? Back then, HQ only requested one video out of five. So essentially, by the end of the five weeks, HQ would contact you via email. They would request one of the videos. You had to submit them video proof of your workout. So you essentially had to record all five. And it was a shot in the dark of which one they're going to select. You have no way of telling. They don't announce it beforehand. So these people consciously made a decision to go ahead and cheat and take a risk hoping that the reward was going to work out in their favor, that the video that they cheated on was not going to be selected. And some of those people got away with it. But how unfair is that? When you work so hard and you give your all for something and to know there's people out there cheating the system and getting away with it, that's probably the most frustrating aspect of it all, knowing that some things like that are out of your control, but people's decisions to be selfish are what keep you from being successful. So if you're a younger athlete that I categorized you in to begin, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how you'd react, how you'd feel, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. And I guarantee you, if you're a normal person with any type of degree of sanity, 
you'd be just as pissed off as we were. And that's exactly how we felt. We were pissed off. We were fed up with it. And what happens when you're fed up with something after the same thing happening over and over and over again, you just basically say, fuck it. I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. And that's what we were. We're done with it. But I want to leave you on a closing note with just a word of encouragement. And 2020, right? It's been a shit show. You know, lots of contrast of emotions, lots of thoughts, lots of feelings, you know, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with uh, inequality and racism and injustice, lots of crazy shit. But 2020 is definitely a year to inflict change and you can be that change. And let's bring that back down to a smaller level being CrossFit and CrossFit. There's a lot of gray area right now. There's a lot of in between, in between, excuse me. There's a lot of ability, though, to affect change in this type of gray area because it's not headed in any type of direction, but you can change that direction. You can revive the competitive spirit of the CrossFit community in a better way than it ever has before. Regionals was not the right way. Regionals was very problematic. Regionals did not promote unity. If anything, it promoted division. It were it promoted individualism. It was very secular. It was not united because people were so focused on me, 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 me. What do I have to do to regionals? I have to do this, this, that, 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 that I just talked about earlier. It was about me and not about we. So what I encourage you to do if you're a younger athlete, how you can change that and revive that and make a difference and get this headed in the right direction. Invite people to throw down with you. Because it's a hell of a lot more fun of fitness with friends. Am I right? Take it from me as somebody who worked out by themselves for so many years on end. And I burn out and I burn out and I burn out. Why? Because it wasn't fun. Talk about all the stress and anxiety that you deal with competing as an individual time and time and time again. It adds up to a point where you just explode. But if you're fitnessing with your friends, an experience that I never had before until within this past year when I was done competing at CrossFit. Fitnessing with friends is the only way to go because all that stress and all that anxiety that I alluded to when you're working out with friends seems to go away where you're not focused on just yourself. You're focusing on the, we and having fun and getting back to the roots and the principles and what this community was founded upon, because it's about the community. It's about coming together. It's about uniting for a common cause. And the common cause should be to make this community better than we left it and get it headed in the right direction. And you can do that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode hope you gained some value out of it. And I would love to be able to connect with you. If you have any questions about this episode, if you have any comments or anything that you would like to address with me, please reach out to me and tell me. Uh, I'm accessible on Facebook and Instagram, other social media outlets. We'll always answer your questions and messages that you have. Never hesitate to reach out. Uh, if you just like to dialogue, please let me know. Um, and until then, feel free to share it if you like it as well. And I hope you look forward to some more awesome content coming your way this week. And we're going to be talking about some pretty awesome things. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a wonderful jump start to your week this week.